Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Manic Candace podcast. It's your girl Candace, back at it again with a brand new episode of the podcast. Today's podcast is titled Taking Care of My Mental Health. I'm going to go into the details of how I take care of myself every day. Um, it's a chore for sure. Chore for sure. It's a chore for sure every day to stay on top of my well-being. Um, I have a chronic illness. It's a mental illness. It's called bipolar disorder, hence the name of the podcast. So what I like to do every now and again is just to remind people through an episode that this is overall a mental health podcast. So if you feel alone, if you feel scared, if you just got diagnosed, if you always felt like something was wrong with you, you know, this is the space to to just let it out. You know, if there's something that I say in this episode or if there's something I have said in a previous episode, please reach out to me. You know, share with me your story. Share with me your, your epiphany that you had while listening to the Man and Candace podcast. So good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, whenever and wherever you're listening. Let's get right into how I take care of my mental illness. Lately, I feel like I haven't gotten a grip in life. You know, my account's negative. I'm living off my mother again. Well, I always lived off my mother. I'm a spoiled child, but like I don't like the fact that I'm not bringing bringing in any income right now. And for those of you who don't know, I just got out of a manic episode like a couple months ago. I just got out of the psych ward like a month ago. So I'm still recovering. But recovering from mental illness um, episodes looks quite different than recovering from, let's say you broke your leg or you got in a car accident. People have empathy for you. When you have mental illness, people can't always empathize with what you're going through. And it sucks because you look like a liar. You look like the boy who cried wolf. It's like people need you to be bleeding or organs falling out for them to take you seriously. That something's wrong with your health. And that is the most frustrating part about being mentally ill is that you feel like you're faking it half the time. 33% of the time, I feel useless. Why do I say that? Well, it's either I work or not work. I have excuses not to work. I almost signed up for social security because I was like, screw it. If I'm going to be bipolar the rest of my life, why work when it's all going to just come crashing down with each mania? And then I realized that I need to take care of myself. I shouldn't just give up and apply for social security. Not just like that. So 66% of the time, I feel like I'm able to do something. So a third of me feels disabled and two thirds of me feels like I'm able to work. That's the reason, that's the only reason why I haven't taken social security as a final answer in my income situation because I'm at a crossroads I'm like if I'm going to be bipolar the rest of my life why work why contribute and this goes into managing people's expectations of you which we will talk about later in the episode so medicine has got to be the forefront of my care 
I have to take medicine and that's something that I have to accept. I don't, at first I didn't want to accept it. Last year I didn't want to accept it because I was on court order treatment. I'm still on court order treatment because I didn't want to accept the fact that I have to be on medicine the rest of my fucking life. And like you guys, that realization is pretty deep. Like it's different, like my mom, she tries to relate to me by saying, oh, she's got to take medication for her acid reflux. Look, acid reflux and mental illness is different. When you're mentally ill, 99.9% of the time, you're just being yourself. Mentally ill is the label that other people put on you. Just because you're not with the program, just because you're not contributing to society in a meaningful way, you must be mentally ill. So that's something that was hard for me to accept is other people's labels on me. I had to accept it as my own label. I had to see for myself if I was crazy. And I think that's why I test the waters. I think that's why subconsciously I don't like to take the medicine because I want to see if I'm really crazy. But I think we all have seen through my recent episodes that I am. And whether I like it or not, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how I look at it, I have medicine that'll help me and that I need to take that medicine or else I'll be forced to by the law. And that's what's happening right now. I'm forced to take medicine by law. They can come and put me in the psych ward if I'm not taking medicine. They can come in at any time. So I am obligated to stay on top of my medicine. I take Depakote, which is an antipsychotic. I take it at night. I take Propanol, which is supposed to help me sit still. I take Abilify for manic depression. I take Metamorphin to counteract the diabetes that the Depakote may cause. And I take Seroquel to help with insomnia. Do I have to tell you guys this information? No, but I know it helps. I know it's going to make someone feel a little less crazy. Because the biggest camaraderie I found was in the psych ward. The other patients, they know what you're going through. They may be as crazy as you or just like even more crazy, even more insane. But they know what it's like to lose your mind. And it's not, it's it's really fun, I'll be honest. It's fun to lose your mind, but to everyone around you, it's a nightmare because you are deemed a danger to yourself or to others. Like driving off your meds. Like think about everything you do in a daily basis. Now imagine if you were mentally ill and you were doing those things off your medicine. Driving, going to work, taking a shower, eating, Everything becomes abnormal. Everything becomes either too extreme or not enough, especially with bipolar disorder. It's really hard to accept other people's opinions about you, especially doctors. It's really hard because they don't do it with the blood test. So another thing about bipolar disorder is you think you are smarter than everyone, including your doctors, which is funny. You have a high sense of your self abilities, 
you feel invincible at times. And the medicine that I take helps me manage those feelings. I used to have a very, very, very negative view on medication. I still kind of do because I'm skeptical as if, is, does this thing actually work? Is it preventing manias from happening? Is it preventing the inevitable? Just some kind of basic tips when you're taking medicine, lots of water, eat with food, and take vitamins and fish oil and probiotics. So I do take medicine and supplements. So I take a multivitamin chewable every day. I take a fish oil supplement, omega-3, and I also take a probiotic, which helps smooth things in my digestive system. When you're bipolar and people know about it, in my case, my listeners know, my audience knows, when you're bipolar and people know about it, they treat you with the sense of ableism. I have been mocked for being bipolar by people who I thought were supporters online. I've been made fun of and I've been ridiculed and I've been shunned because of my bipolar disorder. But I will take some accountability that when I'm not on medicine and I'm in a mania and I spaz on someone online, was it found in truth? Probably not. Am I going to apologize? I'm only going to apologize for being bipolar. I'm not going to apologize for anything I did while I was spazzed out. I'll apologize for not taking care of myself as I should have been. Because if I'm off the rails, who knows? You know what I mean? Is it really me saying those things when I'm off the rails? That's the, that's the million dollar question. Is like, who takes over? Or what takes over when I'm in a mania? You know what I mean? Because at that point, it's me. But is it really me or is it the illness? The nature of this illness is obsessive thoughts. Is your expression changes every second and you scare people. It's like, have you ever seen the Joker with Heath Ledger? That's bipolar disorder. People think it's all fun and games to be insane. It's not. You feel like the earth is spinning and you're standing still. I mean, it technically is, but that's the best way I can describe it. It's just, you're on your own. You're like Jim Carrey from The Mask when he puts the mask on. And let's talk about the people who feed into my manias. People who feed into your manias are not your friends. People who know you're going crazy and just egging it on, chanting you on, cheering you on, cheering on your mania. Those are not your friends because they can see it farther away than you can. People who are quote unquote normal, who can recognize when someone's being crazy or in the middle of a mania and they're egging it on, those are not your friends. There are a lot of people that I cut off from my social circle because they were egging me on. Now that I'm out of the mania, now that I'm on medication, now that I'm stable, I'm able to recognize, oh, she was feeding into your mania. He was feeding into your mania. This other person was feeding into your mania. Cut, 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 cut. 
you have to manage your circle very, 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 very with a fine tooth comb when you're bipolar because there are people who are only in your face to watch you go crazy and it's very pathetic. It's very sad and it's heartless to be quite honest. It's very heartless. Um, I have bought in medicine organizers so it goes from like sunday to saturday and then it has like an extra compartment so that's how i manage my medication every day is i'm counting my pills out by the day by the week and just putting it all up front once a week and just popping them as each day goes by that's the easiest i found that i can stick to my regimen which is a pretty huge regimen So I just have to go, I have to take it day by day. It's like getting sober, ironically enough. It's like, it's like joining the 12 steps program. It really is. Another thing that I have to really stay on top of with taking care of myself is remembering my doctor's appointments. There's a lot of times where I don't remember and I forget and I have a late fee, but when I'm on court order treatment, you cannot forget your doctor's appointments because they will take you in the psych ward. Um, by law, the state of Arizona can put me in a psych ward for up to 180 days during my year long court order treatment. So if I miss an injection, if I miss a urinary analysis, I am going to be put in the psych ward. And I don't want that to happen because it's an interruption on your life. Like imagine having a job where you work Monday through Friday and like you don't have that much PTO and all of a sudden you get thrown in the psych ward. It's like being thrown in jail. What are you going to say to your boss? How is that going to go over with your time off sheet? How is that going to go over for the business that you're a part of? There's a lot to consider being bipolar. It's like, you have to consider the what ifs. You have to consider, you have to have a, a an ex, you have to have a, a plan for disaster almost. You have to have a plan for your manias. And right now I'm still figuring out what that means. I have to figure out my multiple triggers because what I thought would set me off didn't set me off this past mania. Something completely different set me off. Someone, like, let me, t let me tell you what set me off. Someone that I knew for about five years had a business that just opened and was looking for an artist to paint the wall. And I'm just like, I've known you for five years and you didn't reach out to me. So I snapped. I fucking snapped and like I, told his girlfriend things that maybe she shouldn't have heard. I snapped on someone who I accused of selling bad drugs to someone and then that person ended up dying. I was tagging the FBI to Nicki Minaj. It was hilarious, but like it still was a part of my mania, you know? Um, I... I spent like five grand in two hours because I had to, but it felt very manic doing so. Um, I've decided to never stop taking medication. The risks 
of me not taking my medication are just too high. Like I'm sitting here and as a result of not taking my medication, I'm sitting here unemployed. My account's negative 6184. Like my car payment is due in nine days. Like I haven't gotten my unemployment yet. I've just been all over the place trying to figure out how to get some type of income. And this all could have been avoided if I just took my goddamn medicine. So I've decided that it's not worth me feeling righteous. It's not worth me giving into my own stigmas about mental health treatment. There's people that care about me in my household that if I don't take medicine, they get really concerned and that really bothers me. And if I can't see the forest from the trees, then who am I to argue with my mother, my grandmother, my two, my nephew, my niece, and my, my aunts, my uncles? Who am I to argue with every one, of my, every one of my family to say that, no, I'm not crazy when I am exhibiting behaviors that say that I am? My mom finally have, you know, lack of a better word, the balls to cut me off financially, um, temporarily. And that was a whole wake up call. I was like, if I don't have, if, if I'm not taking my medicine and I have no job and I have nothing, which is right now, and my mom really did cut me off, I'd have nothing. I was begging my uncle for money because after I spent my 6000 because I had to buy a new phone. My mom made me get my own phone. I had to pay for certain bills. I had to pay for storage and like just other shit that I really had to pay for. And you know, I, I don't like the feeling of being cut off financially. Everyone, you guys know that I'm spoiled. And so like that experience was just very tra traumatic. Should, dare I say the word traumatic? It's like I literally went from having an unlimited fund to nothing. And my mom realized that she goes, I spoiled you to the point of you can't support yourself. And I'm like, I know. So that's one thing I want to work on is supporting myself. And I know I'm 20, I'm about to be 28, you guys. I'm about to be 28 in like 40 days. And I feel like I'm barely standing on my own two feet. Barely. I feel like if my mom put me on my own two feet right now, I'd fall over. But like I can, I can barely stand on my own two feet. And I have so much potential. I just need to take my medicine. And I have so many stigmas about mental health treatment. Number one, I live in America. And the mental health treatment here is the worst. We are treated the same as drug addicts and it shouldn't be that way even though a lot of people self-medicate through drugs. Like you shouldn't be treating mental health with drug addiction. I don't know which needs to be treated first, probably the mental health, but like we need to stop coupling mental health treatment with drug treatment. They're not the same. They're not the same. And although I am bipolar and a drug addict, like there's two different things going on. I shouldn't be treated as a one size fits all when it comes to the psychology of mental illness. 
drugs can cause symptoms of mental illness doesn't mean someone has mental illness because they use drugs. It's not, correlation doesn't mean causation in this area. And I, and I think that's the issue because in these psych wards, in these observation rooms in America, especially the observation rooms where they can keep you up to 72 hours, they don't clean the facilities on purpose. They make you fearful. The treatment is by ex-cons, ex-military who despise normal people. And I'm sorry, who praise themselves as normal people, but despise the drug addict and the mentally ill. They coop them in one category. That is the wrong thing to do. Because someone who has who is suffering from schizophrenia is thrown in a room full of drug addicts who are overdosing and exhibiting signs of mental illness, but really it's the drugs. How scary for that person who is legitimately suffering from a mental disease. And we're supposed to trust these quote-unquote experts to decipher who's on drugs and who's mentally ill. Let me tell you about these quote-unquote experts. They are ex-military who love to kill, who were discharged. They are ex-guards from prison and jails. They are ex-prisoners. They are ex-patients. I was asked to be seen naked by a man and a woman on my intake this past April. Does that seem right to you? One thing I want to talk about is how I handle embarrassment from having a mania, full-blown mania online. You just can't give a fuck. You have to forgive yourself and you just can't give a fuck and you got to move on. There's going to be people who support you. There's going to be people who despise you. But you have an illness. And the nature of your illness may be annoying to most. But I got to take care of myself. So who gives a fuck what so-and-so thinks about what I said when I wasn't on my meds? Who gives a fuck? I don't. Yes, there are things I wish I could take back, but I can't. So move on. Are your feelings hurt? Well, you shouldn't take it so personally. I was off my meds. Are these things I really do think? Probably. But I didn't have a filter because I wasn't on my meds. Forgiving myself for missing the mark, for not being perfect, for being bipolar is kind of like an oxymoron. It's like, oh, I'm going to forgive myself for being mentally ill. Did I cause this? No. This was something that bipolar disorder is still a mystery. It's a huge mystery. My doctors it took them three years to weed out amphetamine abuse. They wanted to know if I'm bipolar when I abuse amphetamines or if I'm bipolar without it. And this last episode, there was no amphetamines involved because of the Adderall shortage. So it's pretty clear to my doctors that I'm actually bipolar. So I 
take my manias and the embarrassment that comes with it, I take it with a grain of salt. I shouldn't have to apologize for being crazy. I shouldn't have to apologize for having a manic episode. I shouldn't have to apologize for that. One thing I will take accountability for is not taking my medicine when I should have been. And I'm going to have to accept, I'm going to have to come to a place where I know that there's no such thing as stopping my medicine, no matter how much I hate it. Maybe there's something that I can, maybe there's a new perspective I can look upon to make myself feel better. And if you have any suggestions, please reach out to me with those suggestions. I have to constantly keep myself in check, like, was that the right thing to say? Because now that my audience has grown than it was last year, I have to keep myself in check. But, like, the great thing about this podcast is that my listeners know that I have bipolar disorder and that I deal with manic episodes and I deal with manias. And I, I, I sometimes I just want to ask questions to you guys, like, how much do you know? Are you bipolar too? And that leads into my next topic is telling other people. I'm pretty brave putting my illness out there. Not everyone is like that. And we have privacy laws in America when it comes to your health. So as far as anyone could know, I could be lying, but I'm not. I'm sharing my experience with you, the good and the bad. I get a lot of judgment from people who don't know me or from people who thought they knew me. But once I have my manias, they're like, oh, she's really fucking crazy. How do I handle that judgment? I just don't give a fuck. Someone like someone could leave me a nasty DM and I just like it, put a heart on it, and never talk to them again. You have to have a tough skin if you're going to put yourself out there on the internet saying I'm crazy. It's like, hello. People who want to judge me for that, I'm like, hello, it's in your face, it's on my handle, it's everywhere. If you would just listen to one episode of the Manic Candace podcast, you would understand something. Raise your hand if I taught you something new on this podcast. Tell me, reach out to me on my Instagram at MDMAQ. Moving on. Is deciding when to tell someone. I, if, if you are mentally ill, it doesn't matter if it's bipolar disorder or not. I highly encourage you to take your time when telling someone that you are crazy. Take your time. Not everyone is your friend. I would say wait a couple years before you tell someone that you're bipolar or you're schizophrenic or you know but if you feel it's safe enough to tell someone up front like hey i have depression i have major depressive disorder i have anti i have general anxiety disorder i have ptsd like if you feel like it's vital information for your friendship at the time go ahead and tell them if you feel like you can trust someone that is that telling someone your diagnosis is a test of time because 
people who aren't really your friends, they're going to throw it in your face at one point or another. They'll throw it right in your face like, oh yeah, you bipolar bitch, you crazy bitch. You know how many times I've been called a crazy bitch, a bipolar bitch, a stupid bitch because I'm, I'm mentally ill? A lot of times. So when that happens, you just can't give a fuck. But in order to prevent that from happening, be careful who you tell. Me, I'm free game. I am free fucking game because I put myself out there on the internet. I feel like the friends that I have today have stood the test of time. Gabby, she was my college roommate. She's seen me sell drugs. She's seen me have the cops called on me. She's seen me go manic a couple times. She's seen me fuck up our friendship a couple times. But she knows that with what I'm dealing with, it is something that I always learn from. And I think she values that in me as a friend, as someone who learns from their mistakes. So that's why we're still friends. My boyfriend straight up researched me before he even said hello. And he's like, I had to make sure you're not crazy first. And I'm like, you are so retarded. So, you know, there have been moments where I feel like I shouldn't be myself, but he always reminds me, like, I want you to be yourself. So I just think that's beautiful. Um, I feel like my mom still is coming around. I feel like she's learning this illness as much as, as at the same pace that I am. So she's very supportive. I just want everyone to know that my mother is very supportive in my recovery. Oh God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> it's a combination of what I'm saying and like the song. Man, I wish I could see Depeche Mode on fucking tour. That would be awesome. I have to take mental health days and I'm sure you do too. Um, when things get too much, when you have those five, six days, five days of sick time, when you have your 18 days of PTO, you just take it. No questions asked. That's a mental health day. And those are very vital in my recovery. Um, I encourage everyone to control their environment, meaning cleaning your room. Clean room equals a clean mind. You're able to work with the clean room. Um, continuous and consistent care for yourself and for your illness, whatever that may be. Being an advocate for yourself, what that looks like is asking your doctor questions that you're not sure of when you're at the appointment. Doing follow-ups, reading up on laws um, regarding your illness and regarding your state and regarding the United States as a whole. Um, looking at your habits. Are your habits enabling you and your illness? Is it inflating your symptoms? Um, accepting that other people will be mean to you about your illness. This is America and this is the mental health treatment. There's stigma. Just, you just got to accept people are going to be fucking mean. The way people treat homeless people is the way that people treat mentally health, mentally ill people. If they're homeless or not. And lastly, is to just find support, whether it's this podcast, a therapist, um, a psychiatrist, a friend that you really trust, or maybe you have a good relationship with your parents. 
Thank you for listening to the Manic Candace podcast and how I manage my mental health. I will see you in the next podcast. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, wherever you are. I bid you adieu. Bye-bye.